Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfred, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, talking about the Seahawks' victory against the Jets at home in uh, week 17. Um, and they beat him handily, Keith. There just wasn't even any question in this game, 23-6. to six. It could have been 33-6. to six. Uh, The Jets weren't scoring any points. Uh, Seattle's defense played outstanding, I thought, in this game. See, uh, Seattle's offense and rushing attack did uh, enough. And that was it. Yeah. Um, the defense played great. I mean, we knew the the Jets were were not a great offense, right? And, you know, that's, we kind of knew that going in. This was a game that if they move the ball really easily on uh, Seattle's defense, then that was going to be a, meant bad things for Seattle's defense. But no, the defense did what it was supposed to do. Shut them down. Yeah. Stopped them from being able to do anything offensively. And, um yeah, it's just a good outing for them. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's talk about how they won, and we can talk about playoff implications and all that stuff afterwards. But uh, there were there were certain players that really stood out in this game to me, most of them on defense. Um, Daryl Taylor had a great game, probably yeah, one did. of his best games, two and a half sacks, including a strip sack, um, giving him eight and a half sacks on the season. Quentin Jefferson, uh, his mm-hmm. partner in crime there on the, on the line, had one and a half sacks, got five and a half on the season, solid coverage. Uh, on the back end by Tariq Woolen and Michael Jackson, including a pick uh, from Jackson, fumbled right at the end, but Woolen was there uh, to pick that up. Quandre Diggs had his third interception of the season. Cody Barton, I thought, played a really solid game. Um, yeah. All that on defense. Ken Walker on offense started out with that 60-yard explosive run, which I thought was one of the best runs of the season for sure. Ended up with 133 yards on 23 carries on the day. DJ Dallas. Uh, had a great day, both receiving and running. Probably his best day as a as a pro. Uh, Kobe Parkinson came up big with uh, five catches and a touchdown. Geno Smith played well, given the fact that the receivers didn't do anything 
in this game, I thought Gino played actually a strategically really good game because he had to go away from those guys a lot because uh, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed on the other side were really sticking to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. And so our, our tight ends played a significant role in, in run, uh, catching out of the backfield as well. Agreed. I mean, everyone, like, there's a lot of contributions here that that worked really well. Um, I liked what I saw from Stone Forsyth at right tackle. I mean, yeah. granted, they, they gave him help. They gave him Tyler Mabry a lot um, right beside him. But um, but he wasn't a problem. But he wasn't, that. yeah, he wasn't a problem. He wasn't right. a turnstile. And for a backup tackle to not be bad is something that we haven't seen in a long time from Seattle. Yeah, I think he allowed a sack um, where... Um, you know, their defender had a good jump on, on, on that play. And, uh, but most of the time he was pretty solid in there and, mm -hmm. uh, opened up some great running lanes as well. I thought the overall, the offensive line played well as a unit, just getting a, a little bit of a push and they haven't done that in four out of the last five games. And so that was nice to see, especially against a Jets defense. That's actually pretty sound and, and came yeah. in ranked number four in the NFL against the run. And um, you wouldn't have known it by looking at this game. Well, yes and no. I mean, that big run from Ken Walker kind of skews everyone's opinion, but you look at the rest of the game, 22 um, runs for 73 yards. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, um, that's less than four yards a carry. So they actually did a pretty good job um, in this game of, of making things hard for Seattle. And it didn't matter. I mean, the uh, Gino did enough. The tight ends did enough. The um, uh, DJ Dallas came in. It was a nice change of pace. There was a, you know, backyard football crazy foot play um, that went for huge yards for, for Dallas, which was fun. Um, and the Jets weren't going to score because the defense was playing too well. So the offense also didn't have that. We have to score. We have to, score. you know, we got to, we got to keep yeah. up. There wasn't, there was none of that. They could sit back and, and, and do what they wanted to do. And if they didn't get a first down, they could punt and be okay with it. Yeah. I think you nailed it as far as the key of the game. I mean, it really kind of points to the defense, um, basically doing what they were expected to do. And then, um, you know, kicking them off the field. I think, uh, New York ended up being four of 13 on, uh, third down conversions. Um, to me, that's the key of the game plus a couple of turnovers. And, um, I, I, you know, you got to hand it to the defense. I think this game, uh, the offense did what they needed to do. Ken Walker had a great game, but the defense was just uh, stout, allowing six points. I think they had 270 yards total offense. Um, Mike White, uh, I don't, it's hard to imagine benching Zach Wilson, giving up on that draft pick uh, for this guy. I, you know, I didn't see what anyone else is seeing out there. He, he didn't scare me. He didn't show enough. He made a lot of mistakes. He looked skittish in the pocket. Seattle was, was able very to pressure inaccurate. them. Very yeah. inaccurate throwing the ball. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just one of those things. We took care of business. The interesting thing for me, well, a couple things. Um, Jordan Brooks, it looks oh, like he's man. gone for the, for the year and possibly impact next year if his knee is, is bad enough. Um, at least an ACL on that thing. Uh, it's a non-contact injury. Kind of came down weird, came down hard and at an angle and kind of twisted that thing. 
And so it could be, it looked like maybe an MCL ACL combo, but that's just speculation. They, they are looking into it, running tests this morning. Uh, we don't have any further information right now as of recording. So, well, it wasn't your typical non-contact where you're looking at, well, that's obviously an ACL. I mean, he was making a tackle. Uh, it just came down weird, weird angle. And, right. um, but and nobody then, ran into him. He just came down on it. Yeah, Weird. but he was he was making a tackle. He was getting yes. pushed over. So it's, I wouldn't call it a non-contact injury. But um, but yeah, he he looks um like he's probably done for the year. Um, hopefully it's not bad. It's like something like you know an MCL that heals itself. Doesn't need surgery, and um he'll be back you know in time for for next year. Um, you know we'll see. That that that's that's the goal there uh, or the hope. Um, but. You know, we will have to um, have to wait and see on that. Luckily, Cody Barton um, came in, stepped up, did played well. Tyler Mabry came um, in off the bench, a guy that uh, showed well in the preseason. I thought had made the 53, but didn't. You mean um, Tanner Muse? Yeah, t- Tyler Mabry's on the tight end on the offense. <laughs> um, Tanner Muse, a guy that I thought had made the the um, made the roster um, out of out of um, camp um, and out of the preseason, but didn't. Uh, but has, you know, come in a couple times uh, for Seattle and played pretty well. And I thought he yeah. showed he showed well in in that role. And I was actually um, impressed with um, Cody Barton moving over to the to the mic spot to mm-hmm. uh, where he's now in control of the defense and making the line calls and that kind of stuff. And he did and did well, like the 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 as far as that goes, the defense didn't miss a beat. Correct. Yeah, but it's still uh, nonetheless a step down. Uh, Seattle's missing a lot of players. Um, you saw that in this game. Uh, a lot of snaps being taken by some young guys, which is great this time of the year. Um, again, playoffs are going to be interesting. We can talk about the scenarios, what we need to do to get in, but um, it seems unlikely that we would do anything, but you never know. This team catches a little fire, plays this well against solid teams uh, down the stretch, and um, we could do something, but you know, if we get into the seventh seed, Seattle's going to face at a minimum the 49ers first game. And, um, and we'll see how that goes. Um, playoff talk. So Seattle must win next week, mm-hmm. uh, against the Rams. That's, that's a given. And then they also need the Detroit Lions coached by Dan. I can't even believe I'm saying this coached by Dan Campbell to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to get the seventh seed. So if the Packers win, we're out no matter what we do. Packers yep. lose, we win, we're in. That's it. Yep. If the Packer, if the if the Pack wins, they're in um as the seventh seed. If they lose and Seattle wins, um, then Seattle gets it. And if they lose and Seattle loses, then Detroit actually yeah. makes the playoffs. Yeah. And you know Only- what? De- Detroit is um is crazy as far as uh their their record. Um so they're they're probably one of the four best teams in the NFC right now. They're seven and two after a one and six start mm-hmm. uh, since week nine. Um, they're playing really well. They they beat the crap out of um, out of the Bears. Um, did what they needed to do, but their defense looked dominant in that game. Um, and their offense, you know, scores a ton of points. Their defense is really kind of coming on, which is the the reason why they're winning now. Uh, before their defense couldn't stop anybody, their offense was scoring points. 
Now the offense is scoring and the defense has kind of stepped up. And so they're seven and two. They're heading to Green Bay next week, which is the unfortunate part of this equation. They need to do it at Lambeau Field. Uh, but they're also facing a, a team uh, against the Green Bay Packers that's won four in a row. Aaron Rodgers is tough to beat in the playoffs. But nonetheless, they're eight and eight as well. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think Seattle just needs to play its game. Uh, I like the way Seattle's playing to finish the year. I think the defense has played well in the last two or three weeks. Just haven't been able to get the win uh, facing the 49ers and the Chiefs. Uh, They did it against the Jets. They need to take care of business against the Rams. I like the way that they're finishing the season, even if they don't make the playoffs. I think that um, hats off to the team for kind of sticking in there and um, finishing strong. Yeah. um, It's an interesting situation because you're like, okay, at this point, um, it's fun to still be in it. And we didn't expect this team to be in it. We figured that um, we'd be full into draft talk uh, a month ago. Right. um, When when the season started and uh, they got off to a CX got off to a weird start. And then they had won this four in a row, got themselves up to, to six and three. And we're like, all right, maybe this team's far better than we thought. And then they've stumbled for a while. And, um, you know, everything dropped and they were seven and eight. Uh, but now they're eight and eight and uh, they got a chance. And I, I like their chances, actually, because I I think that, you know, the Rams just aren't a good football team yeah. um, right now. And we're early eight, eight and a half point favorites in this game. Wow. that's And, and the Rams are missing their, you know, Aaron Donald, uh, Cooper Cup and Stafford at quarterback. Yeah. And so we're playing a diminished roster. We did last time as well. Um, it doesn't matter in the NFL. This is the last game playoffs are on the line, um, which is great. Yeah. Who would expect that of the Seahawks Mm -hmm. roster uh, in September, uh, were, were relevant up to the very last game of the, of the season. And, um, yeah, there's a lot riding on this game. I mean, for the team, for, for Pete Carroll, for the team, Geno Smith, for all the young players to get that experience. Uh, love to see that. Uh, on on the other end of the spectrum, Denver lost its game. So we're guaranteed a top five pick in the NFL draft, no matter what Seattle does. So we might as well go, go win. That second first-round draft pick is still going to be valuable, uh, even if it's in the low 20s. Um, uh, it's just the best-case scenario for me. Playing good football in December, uh, being in the playoff race, having a top-end draft pick. Um, so So you've kept the integrity of your team. You, you haven't lost your team to a really bad uh, year. Um, your, your coach is doing well. Everything's kind of coming together on the defensive side. They've had their struggles, but we've been able to identify what we need to be a competitive uh, going into next year. So that's really helped identify areas of need. And, you know, in the offseason, we've got a chunk of cash to spend in free agency. Got all those draft picks, eight draft picks, four in the top 40. Um, wow. Um, the other thing is six still have a shot at the number two overall pick. They need Chicago to win a game, which they haven't done a lot of this year. They're three and 13, Mm -hmm. um, most likely. And, and you look at it, um, Denver has the quote unquote tiebreaker over Arizona now to, um, for the third seed. And so, and same with, um, Oh, and Andy's got the the tie. Yeah, the third pick. And so it's just a matter of of um, if Denver loses again, the worst they'll have is is the um, 
the third pick. If they win, the best that they can have for them um, would be the fifth pick. So that that's the best record that they. And can there have. is a scenario where a couple teams, other teams, have to lose. They could win, um, but still end up with the fourth pick. So, yeah, uh, most likely it's either the third or the fifth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's going to be the third. Um, the, <clears throat> they're facing the Chargers. Um, Chargers are a playoff team. Uh, they've already lost to the Chargers this year. Um, so as long as the Chargers take care of business, Denver should lose that game. Uh, finish with four wins, and we've got a top three pick. I mean, that's just crazy. What a fortunate thing to happen. You know, you take a look at that trade and the trade value, and this will be analyzed for years to come. But uh, this thing isn't over yet. We still have two picks. The second round pick is also going to be high, top, you know, 35 pick. Um, holy cow. I mean, what a great opportunity for Don, John Schneider and company to improve this roster with some blue chip talent um, and starter level talent going into next season. It, it's unreal. Yeah. I mean, it, this was supposed to be a rebuild year, right? You trade away your franchise quarterback, you load up on a bunch of draft picks. Um, you also trade away the the best linebacker in, in franchise history, one of the best to ever play the game. Uh, or I guess you didn't trade him, you you released him because of his contract. But um, this is supposed to be the rebuild year, and they're eight and eight, and they're they're going into week seventeen with a chance to make the playoffs. It's um it's been a it's been a great year for Seattle. I mean, they've, they've done won, won more games than last year. Yeah. They they're they're a better team than they were last year. And that's hard to believe given what talent left. And now here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The fans, the tradition, the glory. There's nothing more thrilling than college football, and it comes down to the national championship game happening on Monday. My go-to for betting is DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Who do you like in this game? Georgia? or TCU. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for bigger payouts with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. New customers bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, they changed their entire defensive scheme, brought in some players, uh, had a great draft. I mean, lost their, lost their best cornerback, too. Yeah, Geno Smith had a career year and fantastic for him. You know, Geno's and, uh, achieved just tremendous amount of incentive uh, raises just in this season as well. You know, he we started out with like a three and a half million dollar base with another three and a half million dollars in incentives. He's only not going to hit just a couple hundred thousand dollars of those extra incentives. He's going to make two and a half million extra dollars just by throwing for 4,000 yards, getting to 30 touchdowns, making the Pro Bowl, making the playoffs. All those were attached to his contract as far as being able to reach a certain level of, of, of pay. And he's hit all of them. I mean, the only thing he hasn't hit is 10 wins. Um, I think that was in his contract. He's not going to be able to hit that. But everything else, He's played his his butt off and earned that. And um, hats off to Geno Smith. Oh yeah, he's been he's been like the feel good story of the NFL all year. I mean, just straight up. I mean, he's pretty much a shoe in for you know comeback player of the year and and um, that kind of stuff. Because 
he was he's more than just written off like he was a joke right he was a guy that was um you know thought of as a joke especially you know in new york and the team that drafted him and and um their fan base like he was this big mistake and this big problem and is he still in the league wow that's crazy he came um, back and beat the three teams that had previously employed him this year yeah he beat um, each one beat of them. all three of them yep and and did did so looking good in all of them and um you know looked good in this game yeah the stats aren't like fantastic but uh that but has, but it's games that's like some of that's this. game flow it's games like this keith that where everything isn't perfect and his wide receivers can't get open and stuff and he still gets the job done it's games like this that give me confidence and i think that gives the franchise confidence going into next season to be able to re-sign him for a reasonable amount um the, the fortunate thing i think for seattle is this is a guy that can take you to the playoffs maybe not win a super bowl but he's good enough with this current roster to bring back at a reasonable amount and i'm going to just say 20 you know 20 million dollars next year on a on a one-year deal or maybe a two-year deal um kind of a you know let's prove you know 2022 wasn't a, a fluke let's go do 2023 as well and uh, give him an opportunity to earn some real money and see if we can improve the roster around him even more and see if he can get further and um I, I'm, I just can't say enough good things about him, you know, as far as exceeding expectations. He's not perfect, he, you know, but um, for this roster and for the Seahawks to be able to have flexibility heading into the draft and free agency, um, he's been spectacular. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Um, and he's a big part of Seattle's success this year. I mean, that that needs to... Like that's it, it's it's kind of obvious, but uh, it does need to be said because even like you and I kept talking about should they be playing Drew Locke like in the preseason because Gino didn't look very very good. In yeah, the we were kind of upset that Drew, that that Drew didn't have a chance because he had COVID right in mm-hmm. the wrong time uh, to be able to prove himself. Then he came out in the third game and had a really bad game, and well, that was that. Yeah. Um, but for a while there, we were like. You know, Gene, they look like they're giving this thing to Gino because they really haven't given um, Drew an opportunity in camp to, to run with the number ones and so forth. Uh, it turns out <clears throat> Pete knew what he was doing. You know, he, he sees those guys in the building every single day, knows what a pro he is. Uh, he believed him. Not only that, but he saw him the previous two years behind Russell Wilson and so, or three years. And so it is what it is. And Drew. You know, I don't, Drew seems like a really hot and cold kind of player. Even if he would have come in, um, I I think that we he would have had spectacular moments, and then he would have had just really defeating three interception games, and and we would have been questioning everything. So I think it yeah. worked out uh, pretty well. I still, you know, you take a look at if if that draft pick is number three overall, we're gonna have some options. We're either gonna have one of Anderson or Carter sitting there. We're gonna have. Uh, one of um, C.J. Stroud or Will Levis sitting there, and the Seahawks are going to have to make a decision. Do they take a quarterback? Is it Stroud? Is it Will is it Levis? Is it Anderson or Carter? Um, one of those guys that I've mentioned is going to sit there, and I, I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm just completely fascinated by what needs to happen in this offseason 
to get to a decision on that day because holy cow, couldn't be bigger. You know who's the real winner in all of this draft stuff? Chicago. Because they're terrible, but they've got a quarterback. And so they're gonna they're gonna have Indy and Atlanta, which are currently at five and seven, um, trying and maybe even um the Raiders at eight with the whatever they're doing there. Um, those three teams trying to trade up to number two to get ahead of Seattle to possibly the Jets. uh, The Jets need to handle something too. Yeah, but the Jets are so far down. They're at 13. Like, what are they gonna have to give up Mm, to go up and, and get that, right? So you it's easier for Indy, you know, at, at five to jump up to, to two. And, um, but Chicago's going to, going to get a ton of draft capital in return by moving down a few spots. They don't need a quarterback. They can give up, let's say it's CJ Stroud. They can give them to, um, to Indy, get a good defensive player, which they desperately need and a whole bunch of other draft picks. They're, they're really the winners in all of this. That's a great point. Yeah. So much. It's it's fascinating to me. I mean, this draft is going to be epic as far as what kind of value that this the Seahawks have to play around, move around, pick, not pick, trade. Um, we've got that second pick in the first round. We've got a high second and and our own second as well. And um, that's a lot of ammunition um, mm-hmm. to to move around. You know, when when we used to pick in the late twenties consistently. And we always knew that we were going to move back and we still got value and, and so forth. This is like 10 times that scenario. If that, that third pick overall, if it is a third is extremely valuable. I mean, you take a look at the, the draft value points that that represents. I mean, you only have to trade back like five or six picks and that's worth a first round pick, an additional first round pick, like in 2024 or two seconds or a second and a third in this draft that are high picks. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And so the Seahawks are going to have a huge amount of options. And I know fans might be upset that, well, we're sitting at third and then you drop down and maybe you drop down again. Um, But I think everyone needs to understand that there's more than two or three holes on this team that need to get fixed as well. And having a boatload of picks, high level picks would also be very enticing. Yeah, I mean they've already got a boat level of high level picks. So yes, they do. Um, but having two or three more, in addition to maybe a twenty twenty four first or something like that, would be awfully tempting. Um, yeah, for this franchise, it's going to depend on what um, what teams offer too. Because um, you know, uh, if Arizona before the draft recommits, basically says they they're not doing anything, even though they're at four at quarterback because they signed Tyler Murray such a huge contract that they can't get out of. Okay. Well then, um, you know, if Indy doesn't jump up to, to two in front of Seattle, you've got, um, you know, Houston's going to take a quarterback, but Seattle might Indy then becomes the next team that wants one, um, down at five. And so a team that wants to move up, like say the jets wants to move up in front of Indy to get, um, that draft pick so they can get their quarterback. I mean, San Francisco had to give up three, um, three number ones to get uh, Trey Lance, and moving about the same distance. Uh, if they move from thirteen up to three and give Seattle three first round picks, that's, you know, that helps make the franchise, you know, 
not just good, but competitive and got contender for, for years, years for years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be really interesting because no single player is going to solve this, even if it's a quarterback. I mean, a quarter, a rookie quarterback coming in in 2023 is would, would probably not play if, especially if they resign Gino. Um, and yeah, anyway, we can have all those conversations. We will, um, about Absolutely. the off season for sure. So, um, what's going to happen? Um, the, the interesting thing I thought about in this game was Pete Carroll. There's been some rumors out there. Um, Benjamin Albright and, and, and some others have written, uh, from they, they perceive credible information that Pete Carroll has been considering retirement this year. And it's games like this that are on the line late December, January, where uh, playoffs are still on the line and you go out and win a game like this, maybe win next week, I think ensures the fact that Pete Carroll comes back. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I would have a hard time seeing him step down unless, unless it's a situation where, you know, he was like, Hey, I thought about, you know, stepping down a year ago, but, um, I want to make sure that the franchise was on the, on the right track again. Yeah. I, I didn't want to, to leave this team, you know, hurting. I wanted to to do what we had to do to get this team back competitive again. And now we are. And, and then he steps back, but I also don't see him completely stepping all the way back. Like I know I brought this up a couple of times, but one of, you know, he's both president and coach and I could see him stepping back into his president role where he has a, an opportunity to help pick his successor and um, still, be in, still be involved in the draft and yeah, and and still do things, yeah, still still right. have a say in in things, but not have to go through the day to day grind. I could see him do that, but um, honestly, I actually you know, think he likes the day to day grind. Is the thing if you go look at him on on Sunday this week, he did not look like a guy who was ready to retire. He was running up and down that sideline. He was barking at officials constantly throughout mm-hmm. the game because he didn't like calls and they weren't giving him the 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 DPIs that he thought his receivers had earned. And, and he was just, there was so much energy. You could see his passion for the game was, was there. You don't walk away when you still have, care that much, not if you're winning and yeah. the Seahawks are winning. So yeah. Interesting. Wow. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you for a quick pred- prediction. What happens in this Detroit green Bay game? Oh, Keith? man. Detroit's won seven of the last nine. They go in, they they wiped out Chicago. Now, I know Chicago is a bad team, but they'd made them look like a high school team. Um, mm-hmm. Their defense was dominant. Um, their offense was was efficient. Jared Goff looks like, I, I he's almost unrecognizable. The, the way that he's running the team, had three touchdowns in this game. Um, what do you think? <laughs> Dan Campbell has really done a lot to help Jared Goff um, be successful because they're not asking him to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, They're asking him to be Jared Goff and they scheme up so much easy for, for Goff. He doesn't have to do anything that's hard um, because everything that they ask of him to do is easy and it works. I mean, it's one of the most, prolific offenses in the nfl um and, and and so he's done some great things and it's not like green bay's defense isn't that good um and 
I think the 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 Lions are going to score. The question is, can they slow down Green Bay's yeah. offense? Because Green Bay got off to a terrible start at the beginning of the year because they had no wide receivers and they were waiting for these two rookies to finally mature yeah. and passes. Yep. and actually catch the ball instead of right. dropping wide open, you know, touchdowns. Um, and they've kind of done that. They've kind of stepped up into the roles that that where they needed to, and so that offense has been pretty good too. And they're um, running attack is you know with Adams yeah. back there is good. Yeah, they're um, they have been. Yeah, they've been been great running the ball. It, it comes down to I, these are two offenses that can move the ball and score. Two defenses that, that aren't that good and struggle and terrible weather because you're in Green Bay in January. So honestly, do you know that the Lions have held teams under twenty points five out of the last nine games? Yeah, but who have they played? I don't care. It's hard to do in the NFL. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, their I offense, don't know. It, time of possession just really dominates games, you know, That's, and their defense does enough. Yeah. That has a lot to do with it. Is that the time of possession? Um, they dominate games. They make it really hard on opposing offenses that way. They made it hard on us. I mean, that game that we played them was a terrific entertaining game, but it was just, yeah. it was like a, tooth and nail game as far as the defenses playing. it was it was well, truly awful there were no defenses playing in that game on either side <laughs> i mean you had Very what true. 90 96 total points or whatever it was um 96 total you know offensive play or yeah i think know, there was 120 or some offensive plays in that game yeah um, and it was and it would but it was just it was just points on every drive for mm-hmm. both teams and neither neither defense could do anything. They both defenses were, were but were since terrible. that game, since that game, the Lions have woken up. Um, you know, seven you can, it's seven and two in the last nine. I mean, to get into this position where they're eight and eight and have a chance, mm-hmm. I mean, Lions fans just gotta be thrilled. Now, whether they win or lose or whatever, I mean, they want to win. The other thing is, you know, the ineptitude I want to talk about. Um the the Lions are one and eleven in playoff games in the last sixty four seasons. This is a team that hasn't won a playoff game in thirty years. It's the only it's the only postseason win since nineteen fifty seven came in nineteen ninety one in a divisional round against the 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 Dallas Cowboys. This team is the definition of ineptitude, and so to be in this position where Dan Campbell has led them to this position, I think it's just a testament to just how good of a coach he is and a motivator and getting this team that's not necessarily ready or doesn't have all the talent in the world but is is working in that direction is just uh, it's fantastic to me now I, I want them to win i don't want to get them into the playoffs or anything i want seattle to win as well but and if they can help us out beat the green bay packers and we can take care of business at home mm-hmm. um they're going to be my second favorite franchise i think yeah actually i i like the direction <laughs> that that franchise is taking um, Dan Campbell was such a good hire. And I know there was a point at the season where people were like, has anyone gotten more like credit for not doing anything than Dan Campbell? Cause he hasn't, uh, they've had, you know, he hasn't won a lot and, and they were losing again this year, but he's now they're winning and um, they've got them into the spot. So I think, um, this is a bit, team in preseason. We pegged it, it getting to seven wins. Yeah. And, you know, and, and having that be a stretch and just saying, you know, we're, this team is on the, on the rise. And they got to eight and possibly, you know, could yeah. get to nine, not just missed the playoffs. 
might be one of those uh, nine win teams looking uh, on the outside looking in, but nonetheless, fun. Yeah, I mean, um, so in that game, like like I said, it's it's two good offenses, two defenses that aren't as good as their offenses, and um, but terrible weather in 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 Green Bay, and uh, it's hard to figure out what's going to happen with this. I actually like uh, Detroit's offense in the cold more than I like uh, Green Bay's right now because of the way that they scheme everything to be easy. There's no, um, you know, there's so much like movement and, and um, you know, quick reads for golf and that kind of stuff that it just makes life easier even if the weather's bad. Um, so I got whereas, good news for you. Yeah. Weather. Uh, snows earlier in the week, Thursday. Uh, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday are uh, cool, but not terrible. And not uh, terrible. partly partly sunny. So high uh, 27, low of 20 on Saturday with partly sunny skies. 27 and 20 on Sunday as well. Identical, yeah. partly sunny. So it's, it's, weather is going to be a factor as far as cold, but that's it. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the end point is that I think it's going to be a really entertaining game. You've got um, a great quarterback surrounded by less talent um, on one side and a an average tor- um, quarterback surrounded by more talent on the other side. Um, and see how it comes down. Uh, I wouldn't bet against Rodgers, not at this point. Um, but I like Detroit's chances. I really do. I think that's going to be a, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. Plus they've got both Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift um, in action. Now DeAndre Swift was out when the, the Hawks played them. So it's just another weapon. Um, they've also got Jamison Williams, um, who, who really had an impact in this last game against the bears coming back from that ACL. He suffered in the national championship game a year ago. So he's just now really starting mm-hmm. to, to be a, an impact on that team. Um, and their defense is, is really coming into its own. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson obviously is, is the player to, to watch there. He's got four. Uh, tackles, half sack, and a fumble recovery and an interception in this game. He's got four interceptions on the year, uh, which is crazy. Um, yeah, it's just, it'll be an interesting game. I think, I'm I'm hopeful, anyway, that uh, Detroit's going to pull this thing out, obviously. So it's we'll weird see. that through, through the rookie through the rookie year is that the um, the Kayvon Thibodeau versus Aiden Hutchinson debate ended up being yes for both of them. That Both of them have been outstanding this year. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, wasn't much of a debate. It's not like, oh, the which other, one's going to be better? They've both been really good. <laughs> the first player taken overall, though, I can't remember his name right now, the, the guy from Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, super athletic freak, uh, has just had a mediocre season. Yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows, right? Which I, which was weird because, like, when going, leading into the draft stuff, I didn't think he was the number one overall pick. I thought it was either Hutchinson or Thibodeau. And, and it that, should have been based on game film. Yeah. And I, I thought that it was going to be one of those things where one of those two went and um, the guy from Georgia dropped in, you know, to seven or something like that. Um, but then in the week leading up to the draft, everyone was like, nope, he's the guy. Um, he's just too athletic to, you know, the measure. Well, the combine. The he knocked it good. out right in the yeah. combine. Ran like they, a four, four, five, 40 at 230 pounds or something like that. And that was, that was the end. Yeah, and so basically, it was like, no, he's just too athletic, and I was like, I don't don't see it. 
Uh, not that I expected him to fall out of the top ten, but I thought the other two guys were better. Perfect. And yeah. they, you know, yeah, they were they were they were more likely to pop quickly, um, and they were going to be better. And uh, it ended up it ended up being exactly what you know that happened. I love the fact that that all those guys are playing well. At the, you know, the guys at the top of the draft. It it's just fun when you see um, first round picks go and do their thing. Um, I hate seeing draft busts because. That means there's a fan base out there that got sold something and then they hate it. All right. So we're going to wrap this show up. We've got another show uh, midweek here coming up. Uh, We'll find a topic and we'll explore that in depth. And then we'll preview the final game of the year at the end of the week uh, between the Rams visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, It's awesome to be relevant this time of the year. Um, It's fun. Uh, when you don't have to worry about draft picks, you know, sometimes you get into this situation and you're like, eh, did we really want to win? I don't know. With that Denver pick there, it just really makes it so much more enjoyable <laughs> to be eight and eight and still mm-hmm. want to win and be competitive um, and not feel weird about it. Um, so here we are. Um, anyway, that's it. So follow Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can follow me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. You can follow us on Twitter or not Twitter, but you can follow us on our website, on our YouTube channel uh, and your favorite podcast platform. And just hit that subscribe button. Three shows a week. So until next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.